The Old Testament readings recorded by the inspired prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see any good come. And he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. The epistle is from the inspired Apostle Paul's pen to the Corinthians, chapter 15. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. And Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, 
And when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel. I'll just reread this first part. And Jesus came down with them and stood on a level plain with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those who were troubled with unclean spirits spirits were cured and all the crowd sought to touch him for power came forth from him and healed them all thus far our text now i presume everybody has heard about the terrible things that happened in aurora illinois was that friday i believe this past friday a gentleman who must have had some premonition that he was going to be fired, let loose with a pistol on the human resources people. And then when the police came, four minutes after they were alerted to this, he shot five of them. They were not killed, thanks be to God, but the five people in the human resources room were killed. Sad, extremely sad. When I was a young boy, I don't think I ever heard of anything like this. And I think probably most of us didn't until Littleton, Colorado, where the two young students cut loose on their fellow students and killed a number of them. Our Lord has warned us that as we approach closer to the end of this world and his return, things are going to get worse, and they definitely are. But in sharp contrast to what this man did coming in there and killing people, our Lord has come to heal. He has come to minister and serve his people. He does good things for us, as he is the good shepherd who loves his people and cares for them. And he proves, he proved then, and he proves now in our scriptures, which are infallibly recorded by under inspiration, and they are inerrant in their original manuscripts tells us that Jesus comes to heal 
and to care for his people. He's a minister. He serves. And he loves his church. And he loves all of his creation. Not all these people, of course, believed in him. But still, he healed them. They brought their sick to him. They came from all over the place. His popularity was just unseen before or since because this man did great things. He healed people of their diseases. He drove out their demons. He even raised some from the dead. And they knew that power came out from him. They even wanted to get close to him so they could touch him. Remember that one lady, the Syrophoenician lady, who said, if I can just get a hold of the hem of his garment, I will be healed. He came to minister, to serve his people. He loves them, and he loves you, and he loves all of his creation. They brought to him the sick, the lame, the halt, the blind, the deaf. And he healed them. I don't think there's really ever a time in the Gospels where he refused to heal somebody they brought to him. Now, he did give that one lady a little bit of a hard time, saying that he came not to the Gentiles, but only to the Israelites. And she said, yes, but the crumbs fall to the dogs. And we licked them up. He wanted to strengthen her faith. And she hung right in there. And he did strengthen her faith. And he did answer her prayer. Came and he healed his people. The sick, the lepers. Imagine that. That one leper came to him and he said, Lord, I want to be healed. And he said, I want to. And he reached out and touched him. That's unheard of. People wouldn't touch a leper. And leprosy was so contagious, you would probably get it if you touched somebody. But not Jesus, of course. He's the Lord. He's the creator of all things. And out of his great love for this man, he said, I want to. I will. And he reached out and touched him and healed him. No wonder they brought all their sick and their lame and their blind and their deaf to him. Because he ministered to them. He served them. He loved them. He cared for them. He worked all day long, day and night, preaching, teaching, and healing the people. This was his life for three years as he wandered through Israel and even up north of Israel in the Canaanite Gentile territory, he went about preaching, teaching, and healing, ministering to his people. He taught them about forgiveness and the certain hope of eternal life. 
And that was by God's grace and not by our works. He taught them that man can't do anything to earn God's love and forgiveness. It's a gift. It's a free gift that God was giving and offering to all people in his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, you know, this is very contrary to how we think. Man's inherited original religion is one of works. Man is always thinking that he has to do something to please God. And that's contrary to God's grace. It's foreign to us. Man can do nothing when it comes to his salvation. There's nothing you can contribute to what Jesus Christ has done. And that's what Jesus kept teaching the people over and over and over again. It's by God's grace that you are forgiven. It's out of his love. He loves his children. He wants us all to come home to him. And there's nothing we can do about it. We are receivers of his grace. Like the psalmist said, open your mouth wide that I might fill it. Or as Jesus said in St. Luke records it, it's like a bushel of corn shaken so that he can fill it with even more grace. And this is what he's offering to the people. And he's offering that to you and to me and to all of the world. And he says he is going to keep doing this until the very last day when he returns. So his word is going to keep being proclaimed no matter what others try and do in shutting us up. He says, if these children don't cry out that I am your Savior, he says, oh, the stones will cry out. God will not be silenced when it comes to declaring into all of the world that he loves us and he forgives us in his Son. Now, to all who will listen, and to all who will receive his grace, he says, blessed are you. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. You have peace, those who will receive God's grace. You have a peace and a contentment in your heart, your soul, your conscience, that the world does not have. through the water of holy baptism, through the power of the gospel, God has calmed down your conscience, which wants to cry out 
guilty, guilty, guilty. But through Christ, he's silenced the voice of the conscience which cries guilty and gives us peace and contentment that the world does not have. Only Christians have this peace and this contentment. That's because Christ has taken our sins upon himself and has paid our debt. So we're forgiven. When he cried out to the Father, it is finished, his work of ministering to his people was complete. He had revealed to us that he is God's Son in our flesh. He's told us the way to heaven. He bore our sins and paid their debt to the Father, thus releasing us and forgiving us. So his work was done, and he cried out, It is finished. The gates of heaven were opened to all who will graciously receive his offers of forgiveness and eternal life. But, to those who reject him, he says, Woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall be hungry, etc., etc. This is figurative language. Those who think they, they're all right themselves. You know, I don't need a savior. I'll present to him my works when I get there and say, look what I have done for you. And he says, no, it's my son. My son died for you. You rejected him. My son gave his life paying for your sins. You rejected him. Go depart from me. But to those who are poor in spirit, those who recognize they are sinful, they do not do what God tells them to do, they say like St. Paul, I did the opposite that I should have done, but I believe that Jesus died for me. For them, he says, come, my blessed Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Thanks be to God for giving us his son, Jesus, who came to minister to us. Amen. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.